Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! And welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms uh-huh. and then um, squish them right together. Scrunch up their faces. Scrunch their faces. Press them up. Yeah. Almost like two faces kissing. Mm-hmm. Sort of like with or action fighting. figures. Or like, yeah. 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 That's exactly and what you do with action figures, right? Just sort yeah. of hold them and go. Now kiss. Oh, man. Now fight. Now Now dance. Now get into the spaceship. Yep. All of the above. Exactly. That's what we do on Crossover Appeal. Yeah. So we're going to send stuff into a spaceship, maybe? Sounds promising. Yeah, we'll see. Um, But any most importantly, even more importantly than what we do on Crossover Appeal, what do we do on February 14th every year? We celebrate Annie Day. We celebrate Annie Day. Yay! Uh, Valentines are great and all, but you guys, it's Annie's birthday. Yay! And so obviously a much more important day. Also, something you celebrate with chocolate. Exactly. It's delicious. Very rightfully so. Yeah. And love. Yeah. You know, so. Friend things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's really, it goes hand in hand. It does. You picked a very good holiday to be born on. Thank you. It, I, w- I made a great decision yeah. at, at day zero. <laughs> we also made a great decision about our broadcast schedule we because did. we now have my birthday on the first year and your birthday on the second year. And we year. weren't originally going to, because, oh, no. but then we like we decided to have like a delayed week. That's right. And so now we, we, just we had to got correct. them both. We course corrected. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's why we did it. It was totally intentional. Exactly. Yeah, for the birthdays. Um, and Annie, in honor of your birthdays, yes. what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about two things that I love so deeply. What do you love so deeply? Um, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Hey, uh, yeah, those are two very good mix-em-ups. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Annie, I, I take it on your word that you love these properties, but why don't you go ahead and extrapolate upon the first one? Yes. Yeah, so, and then um, I'll take care of the second one. Thank you for your birthday. You're welcome. <laughs> I've lost track of who's granting yeah. what now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I should say, so Buffy is something that I started watching when it start when it aired, um, and I was in middle school, and I feel like it hit me exactly at the perfect time to mm-hmm. be watching it. Like it is a show that is truly something I came of age during. Mm-hmm. So it means like a whole lot to me. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, that's that is why I'm choosing to talk about it. I mean, it's it your today. version of The Simpsons. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. I I used to have like trivia competitions about Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think it's our birthday <laughs> episodes have established a pattern of one deeply felt meaningful thing that we talk about yeah and one property that we love a lot but it will allow the other person yes, to talk about because it's like <laughs> okay i guess you can talk like this is right. something that i would talk about yeah there were negotiations given the people. opportunity but i also want my birthday episode to feature something two things that i love exactly deeply mm-hmm. so um so yeah but buffy is like a thing that is that is truly like 
I feel like one of the first pieces of media that like really felt like mine. Yeah, this is a thing. This is the show above pretty much anything else that I associate with. Yeah, you. this is my show. Mm-hmm. Um, for for all its good so and bad. Hands off, everybody yeah, else. Right? Smack. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take you down just like a vampire. Oh man. So um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a supernatural teen drama television show. Um, It aired on the WB originally before moving to UPN for its last couple seasons. I miss the WB. I know, right? It had that frog. It had real good shows. The frog made everything better. It had Dawson's Creek. It Mm -hmm. had Felicity. It had Charmed. Like, lots of good stuff. Oh, dearly departed. I know, right? Gone too soon. Um, Buffy lasted for seven seasons, um, and the series was based on the movie of the same name, although there were a lot of differences, so we're not going to talk about the movie at all. Sorry, Luke Perry fans. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, The story follows Buffy Summers, regular teen girl by day, vampire slayer by night. She moves to Sunnydale, California after she burns down the gym at her old high school to kill a bunch of vampires. She gets in trouble for that. That's how you handle it. Yeah, right? But that's what you got to do. you generally get in trouble for things. Yep. Like burning down gyms. Every so often. Mm -hmm. Um, A fresh start isn't exactly in the bag for Buffy because, surprise, small town Sunnydale is located above an actual hellmouth. Oh, man. Which means that vampires, demons, and other forces of darkness congregate here. Which means that balancing normal teen life and fighting evil is hard. So is it that they're coming out of the hellmouth or they're just drawn to the hellmouth? They're drawn to the hellmouth. Every so often... Like some, you know, vampire, demon, whatever, decides they're going to open the Hellmouth and oh. then like hell will be unleashed upon the earth. So it's like a big magical bug zapper. Yeah. But if, if it gave the bugs more power and then occasionally the bugs would use the zapper it's, to summon more power. It's like bugs. a bug magnet. Yeah. Like. Or like a magnet for metal. <laughs> I guess we don't have to. Magnet. I guess we don't have to stick with the bugs if we don't want to. No. We're going to unstick the bugs. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> um, so the show follows Buffy as she deals with being a chosen one, fighting evil, and maintaining her family and friend life. Mm-hmm. Major, mo- So it's like, you know, it's a show, so we're not going to go into all the ins and outs oh, of the yeah. plots. Yeah. There's um, a lot of them. There's a lot. But like major moments include hooking up with her not-so-evil vampire boyfriend who turns evil, uh, graduating high school and having to save the graduating class from their uh, town's mayor who turns into a giant monster battling an evil slayer helping her best friend through grief and turning into a giant rage witch losing her mom and gaining a little sister slash magic portal being which everybody loved yeah and largely considers the best part of the entire <laughs> oh, yeah, series right Don is the worst <laughs> no but actually like I, I think I forgot her on the character list actually because oh, no. I was just trying to well, no, lock her out because you're like Buffy there. from seasons one through six you just forgot about I her I know I just totally blocked her but like Don actually gets much better in the last season and mm. I feel like just as the show is closing I'm like oh wait I think this is where Don should be yeah, but she apparently, and I have this there. on total hearsay because mm-hmm. I have not read them. She's apparently more interesting in the comic series as well. Yeah, I, I can see that because mm-hmm. I feel like, again, the show finally figured out who she is outside of being an annoying little sister. Right. Um, but speaking of characters, hey. um, we've got the, oh, I'm sorry, I missed um, the oh, last oh, of my wait. notes. Yeah, let's just add um, Buffy fights evil along with her friends, um, the watcher slash school librarian and various love interests. Um, and the show tends to be kind of monster of the weekish with one overarching big bad across, you know, various seasons. 
um, or rather seasons in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works really well because then you can just like binge on episodes and yeah, kind it's of, very binge ready. Yeah, it is. and like and very ready for like rewatching because you'd be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I want to watch that one about the swim team. Yeah, <laughs> I love no one has ever said that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Sorry, Swim Team. I know, right. But no, I feel like it's very much, it's a TV show that was made in a time when people weren't rewatching TV. Yeah, because- Like, I feel like, like Lost I, was one of the first shows of, like, the rewatch era, where, like, they really? knew- Yeah, they were How? putting the seasons out on DVD after oh, the season. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, whereas they weren't doing that as much for Buffy well, because until Buffy, later. Literally, I had episodes of Buffy on VHS, mm-hmm. both that I recorded live so I could oh, watch them man. again later- and that I bought later at, um, like, uh, Newberry Comics. Oh, yeah. Like, I would buy, like, they would have a pack of, like, say, six episodes. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't even the whole season. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see these sort of TV shows where serialization was getting big because the internet was there to track it. Yeah. And people would pay attention. But you also had to have a really strong spine of, like, recognizable status quo. Yeah. So, like, we have to be Monster of the Week, but then because we'll work in serialization. Yeah. Um, and... And I think at at that time also like it was a teen episode, a teen TV show. So mm-hmm. like an an episode of the like or a, um, an issue of the week was like a thing that you did, right? Um, it was like the pattern of that kind of storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I think it works really well for rewatches. So yeah. there you go. Um, and we got characters again. Um, the the Scoobies. Basically, it's like Buffy's gang um, because they solve mysteries. Is Scoobies, are they, is it short for the Scooby gang? Basically, yeah. But they've always, they always call themselves the Scoobies. Scoobies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They don't get sued. Well, I mean, because Scrappy Doo is notoriously litigious. (laughs) It's true. He went to. And he bought up all the trademark rights. He went to Scrappy Law School. It's, yeah, Scrappy U. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds wrong somehow. Scrappy Doo You. Scrappy Doo You. Oh, no. Oh like, no! Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Abandoned joke. We gotta get out of here. Anyway, there's Buffy Summers, a vampire slayer, chosen one, an adorable quip factory. Mm-hmm. Um, Willow Rosenberg, Buffy's best friend, super smarty, and eventually comes out as gay. Uh, Xander Harris, Buffy's other best friend, awkward regular guy. He's definitely the Ron Weasley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rupert Giles, Buffy's watcher, aka the person who's like training her and like supposed to. Um, do all the research about monsters. Sure. Uh, British guy, school librarian with a dark past. Ooh. I know, right? Uh, other major players. Angel, Buffy's first love and also a vampire with a soul most of the time. Um, <laughs> you know, except like when they sleep together. Yeah, right? Mm. And that's that's why you don't have sex, kids. Exactly. Watch out, kids. You might uh, turn your boyfriend into an evil demon. It really is how they did the issue of a week back then. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. It was like... But I actually, I mean, I remember being 13 and seeing that and not being like, oh, my God, sex is awful. But just like you could sleep with somebody and then they could like not want to talk to you after. Yeah. You, like, like that's possible. Yeah. That it's like, and no, like that become you, a different person. Yeah. And like they and suddenly they might just not be interested in you because they got what they want. Yeah. And, and now, they, and now what they want is to, to like rip people's throats out. And you have to stab them and send them into another hell dimension. I mean, that's always how it that, worked for me. Yeah, that's what you learn. <laughs> um, so uh, Angel also got his own spinoff eventually. Um, and I've watched like a couple seasons of it, but never like totally dived into and it. it was called Angel. Angel. Thanks, Played Paul, by David Boreanaz, who's like one of 
the most successful TV, unexpectedly TV stars. Like, yeah, he has such a long career he on re- TV. He is extremely successful as a television star. And I think it's because I've heard he's like a nice guy. Yeah. And just like he works real well. And on- he has like a total baseline chemistry. Yeah. Like he, you put him on screen with somebody and he like connects with them in a basic way. And you're like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I believe that you could like be a vampire yeah. and solve crimes or be right. a, like what, doctor and solve crimes? Yeah, whatever, doctor, whatever a doctor detective. Is. He <laughs> hangs out with skeletons a lot. That's yeah. all that, that's what I've managed to gather from the marketing materials of the show Bones. Is he really kind of, you know, they have a playful banter with the skeleton, is that, his arm I'm, around the I'm, skeleton. I feel like Scrappy, Scrappy-Doo would be involved with that Oh, too. that's true. Well, well you know, he, after all of his lawsuit money, he took it and invested in a lot of TV production. <laughs> And so. he loves bones because yeah. he's a dog. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I was <laughs> That was the worst setup. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was right there. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep. Um, back to Buffy. There is uh, Cordelia Chase, who is a super popular girl in high school who finds a place among the Scoobies. She moves to L- L.A. and joins Angel's spinoff. There's Oz, Willow's high school boyfriend, who turns into a werewolf. Tara, uh, or Tara, Willow's college girlfriend, who is the most cinnamon roll of cinnamon rolls. She's pretty precious. She's so precious. I lo- And, like, as someone who loved Willow and Oz, I was real ready to not like whoever Willow would get with next. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait, Tara, you are truly a cinnamon roll. I love you now. Yeah. Um, there's Spike, a British punk rock vampire who's the big bad in season two, but ends up being a reluctant Scooby in later seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there- like a mind control trip involved. Right? Yeah. So he um, get, like there's a whole plot line in season four where a um, kind of government group is implanting demons like vampires right, with chips so they right. can't hurt people anymore. Um, and Spike gets one of these chips so he can't hurt people, but then he finds he can hurt bad like vampires and demons and stuff and so he's instead of being like man i'm on the side of good he's just like i really love punching things so at least i can punch these he's things. doing it for the endorphin rush exactly um there's anya a vengeance demon who becomes a reluctant human and a reluctant scooby faith a another vampire slayer who goes rogue whoa so so real mm-hmm. um there's Joyce, Buffy's mom, who tries to support her daughter, but doesn't really get the whole Slayer thing. Um, there's Don, who bu- appears as Buffy's little sister. Yeah. And Oof. yeah, whatever. Eh, it was a plot choice. <laughs> um, there's Riley Finn, Buffy's college boyfriend. No one really cares oh, about. right. Yeah, yeah, right? Poor man's Brendan Fraser. I know. Mm. Oh. Yeah. He's like... You know, when you see a movie and you're like, oh, the main character is dating this person, but they're not the most famous one. You're Mm -hmm. like, you're not going to survive. More like last from the past. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Can you work scrappy too? I think I can work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Give me me a few minutes to workshop it. (laughs) Um, We have other major villains like the master, who's like the original ugly vampire. Uh, Spike and Drusilla, the mayor, Glory, Professor Maggie Walsh and her monster creation, Adam, the nerds, and Dracula more. shows up. Yeah, he shows up for an episode. Yeah, we That's watched that fun. episode in uh, in my World Gothic course. Interesting. Yeah, because they have the brides that pop up. Like it was. Oh like, yeah, it's it's, and I mean, it's a very, very much like a hey, we're just gonna have fun. Yeah, with let's get Dracula. This. Yeah, here. let's get Dracula in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like some of the the monsters of the week were real fun. Oh yeah. Um, like the um, 
the gentleman who like turned the town silent for the like, musical episode. For the, no, that, no, that was a different the, one. Yeah, the gentleman turned the so no one in the town can talk. That's or, right, and um, they steal people's hearts. Mm-hmm. And then there's Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan. <laughs> He's one of the nerds. Yeah, um, yeah. And he has a real name and has been on and whenever several he pops other up TV shows. In any other show. And he goes, oh, it's Jonathan. <laughs> I know. Because it's Jonathan. And like, in, in your defense, I think the AV club does that as well. Right? They always refer to him he as goes, Jonathan. He's Jonathan. And he, so there's an episode where he like does a spell and it's like he revamps the show to basically be about him mm-hmm. and how he can like fight evil and do everything cool and so i feel like it's almost like like when again when i see him on other tv shows it's like he's trying to revamp that show and i'm like not today jonathan and he actually writes movies and stuff he does so like he he's doing actual jonathan might have been the scrappy dude of the scoobies he was no because at least scrappy dude was like there sometimes nobody liked him dawn is the scrappy dale <gasps> yes okay there we do yeah, there, there we go oh man we're gonna get sued into oblivion <laughs> yeah he's going he's coming for us <laughs> oh god <laughs> um some themes um you're stronger than you know um so buffy looks like a totally normal harmless teen girl um but she's what's stopping the end of the world on a regular basis. And a lot of the show looks at those moments when we think we're up against the worst odds, but we can find a strength within ourselves that we didn't know we had and others don't expect us to have and fight back. Yeah. Yeah. And that was sort of, I mean, Whedon has said that was kind of the impetus yeah, of it. Yeah. Like, like, what if the girl who always dies in horror in the movies? Ho- yeah, she gets to fight. Right. Um, and like the first, the opening scene of Buffy um, is actually like, um, like a teen girl and a guy and the guy's like the bad boy looking and the girl's like oh I don't know what are we doing and they like sneak into high school at night and she's nervous and he's like oh come on what are you scared mm-hmm. and like she ends up being a vampire and killing him so Yay. it's like already like oh we're gonna have this twist on like who who has the power mm-hmm. um, which is great um, but speaking of power you are also stronger as a team Aww. so Buffy may be the chosen one but she is stronger with her team behind her and your community is what truly makes a difference Teamwork makes a dream work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sacrifice is a big theme because the show deals a lot with the sacrifices that we make. Um, Like Buffy never gets to feel like a normal girl because she's always out killing vampires um, and because she expects to die by the time she's like 20. Yeah, they do not have a great life expectancy. No, because you're literally fighting demons. Yeah. and she and others also experienced some real huge losses, um, both related to vampire slaying and just like regular life. Uh, the show looks at kind of what we have to sacrifice, what's taken from us, and kind of how we can move on from those moments. Um, coming of age is also like a really big theme. And obviously, again, like see, watching this as I was coming of age, like that was real yeah. big for me. Yeah, you got to grow up with Buffy. Exactly. Um so as a slayer, Buffy's giving given her powers as a teenager. So becoming an adult and figuring out who you are is a big part of the show, both for like her and the other characters. Um, also, it depicts high school as a hell because it totally is, yeah, and like that's a, part of the fun too. It's just a ready-made metaphor, exactly. Um, and I think like watching that as like again like a 13 year old where I did not feel like I fit in, and I'm sure most other people didn't. Um, but it really did feel very different from, like, Saved by the Bell and Beverly Hills 90210 and those other, like, teen shows about, like, beautiful, popular teenagers. Yeah, that were, like, aspirational. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, oh, of course you're going to have beautiful, popular friends. Sure. And you're all going to get along and date each other. But Buffy was so much about how, like, you you just want to survive this. Yeah. The and end you of help the day. each other make it through. Yeah. And, like, maybe this is not the best years of your life, but, like, you help each other through it. 
Um, and you also kill some vampires while yeah. you. Well, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, some things I like and think other people will like. Um, it's supernatural fun. Like from the Monsters of the Week to the Big Bads. It's just a great buck-kicking, magic-y show. Pew, pew. That's magic. Stab, stab. Oh, man. Grr. Yeah, Arg. Yay. <laughs> um, there's quippy writing. Like when I watched the show as a middle schooler, the quippy dialogue and snappy writing just hit me right in the best place. Again, like it felt different than any other show that was on at the time, mm. at least for me. Um it's also a real fun YA show. Like, it deals with coming of age really well and handles both the intensity and the fun of high school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, lots to love in the Buffyverse. Yeah, and it feels like, I mean, it's a show that I think even more so than, like, Firefly. It's like a Joss Whedon show before he was, like, Joss Whedon. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's the show that, like, made him. Yeah. But I think even, Very like, literally. Yeah, I think even, like, a lot of his later writing feels like you can... He's like being Joss Whedon yeah. when he writes it. And Buffy is like, yeah, all of the writing feels a little more natural and, yeah. and delightful. And I think, I mean, there's like, I think there's a sort of standard Joss Whedon disclaimer over the Joss Whedon shows yes. now where like he is. He's, he's kind of a douche nozzle. Yeah. He's been revealed as, as a sleazebag. And, yeah. But like. And like not so great to some of the Buffy actors. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which is real not cool. Yeah. And like. I feel like that's the kind of thing where, again, like this was such a big part of my mm -hmm. coming of age experience. And I think for me, I at least am able to separate like Joss Whedon, not like Joss Whedon has no part in this, but there are there are a lot of people working on Buffy. Oh, yeah. And, and I like, think it, it is a show that I think especially as a complete thing from a while ago, it has sort of entered the lexicon independent of him in some way yeah oh, so totally it can, it can sit as on its own yeah and again like there are a bunch of other writers there are a lot of actors on here like mm -hmm. he did not he was not the whole show right and again like he he seems like just kind of a douche nozzle yeah it's um, not like he's the world's worst person and he wasn't like harvey Firesteining it or anything, yeah well hopefully would, right yeah one would hope i know but, at this but point yeah it's the kind of thing he's he's like one of these uh, in in this whole era of realizing that everyone we love is terrible um i feel like he's somebody who i'm like okay i don't really want to engage with anything new that you do but he's also done and contributed and created some very good stuff that's yeah. lasting and i'll watch that for the other people involved yeah and again this was this had a real big effect on me as a kid mm -hmm. um so i will i will always take that um for what it is it made annie into the awesome annie annie is today it did and everybody annie is pretty awesome i still have the buffy soundtrack on my workout playlist Aww. so or at least the Buffy theme song, and it comes up. Is and there I'm a like, soundtrack? Do you have the soundtrack outside of that? I have two soundtracks from Buffy. What? Yeah. Do they have like special guest bands? That oh play? yeah, because she yeah. would go to the Bronze, and that's like the mm. club for like. But like you know, it was like that wasn't anybody could go in. It didn't. Wasn't the Mighty Mighty Boston's? Did they show up? They showed up on they some sh show. Oh yeah, they showed up in Clueless. Right, they were in Clueless. Yeah, I thought they were in a show too, but maybe. Oh, I don't remember. I think maybe once you've done Clueless, you've yeah, right, you've maxed like, out. And that's another thing that Scrappy will live in my heart forever. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were there were two, um, at least two that I had Buffy soundtracks. Yeah. Nerf Herder doing that great theme song that we all know and love. It's the best. <laughs> yes, we do. Anyway, can, although a title of, sequence that you can't watch. Well, yeah. Well, the first couple seasons, because there was a spider mm -hmm. um, in the actual credits. So I would, I knew that I had to close my eyes. I think it was when Nicholas Brendan, who's also kind of a douche nozzle. Yeah, he's not having a great no, late life. He came on screen, and then I knew that, like, once the soundtrack got, or once the theme song got to a certain part, I could open my eyes again. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, you got to have got to know it works. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so speaking of uh, great theme songs. Yeah. That you can sing along to. That's right. We can make up. You can make up lots of words to the theme song for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, Especially Bodo is a Dog. Bodo is a Dog is our, mm. our go-to song lyric for theme songs. Especially because like household. if we're watching it during dinner. Boro will be like, why are you eating dinner? Why are you watching TV? Why aren't you playing with me? Very why aren't upset. you giving me your food? And like pass by us and like sit in the chair grumpy. So we mock him <laughs> yeah. by singing at him. Yeah. And I think the lyrics are, Bodo is a dog. He's the greatest dog. He's great. Bodo. Yes. <laughs> Those are the actual lyrics. Yeah. Now that you've heard the theme song, yep. let me tell you all about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yay! Um, so Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a sitcom on Fox that has been airing since 2015. It is still going, which is a rarity for crossover appeal things. I feel like yeah. most things we've wrapped up, but it's still going. And Annie and I just caught up on it um, after getting to it very, very late. So now we can all finally talk about it. Um, basic setup and synopsis, like with Buffy, it's a TV show, so we're not going to go into the really nitpicky stuff. Um, the show is the story of police officers in the 99th precinct of Brooklyn, New York, which is not a real precinct, I found out on Wikipedia, and I guess makes things easier from How a legal standpoint. How many are there? Oh, 98. Okay. Maybe. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really go that far down oh, the rabbit okay. hole. I just... I didn't know if it was like there are only 45 precincts. No. Wikipedia told me, I was looking at the entry for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and they called it the fictional 99th precinct. I didn't do my research is what I'm saying. I'm sorry, (laughs) everybody. That's okay. It's (laughs) been a busy week. I'm not bringing journalistic standards to this episode. Wow. But I am bringing some basic synopsis and setup. Um, So the 99th precinct. 99th, that's hard to say, 99th precinct of Brooklyn, New York, uh, which in the hands of show creators, unique New York. Michael Schur. You need unique New York. <laughs> exactly. Um, which in the hands of show creators, Michael Schur and Dan Gore means it's a lighthearted, surreal and spontaneous workplace comedy where occasionally the work being done involves murders and drug dealers and stuff. Um, the show, one of the most endearing qualities of the show, especially as the seasons go on, is that they don't really take the whole crime fighting thing quite as seriously. You know, they do crimes when crimes are well, fun for the plot. it's more like background crimes. Yeah. Like we always assume that they're like bringing in criminals. Exactly. But they do a lot of paperwork. They spend a lot yeah. of time in the office. Um, and yeah, it's sort of, it is fun in that way. And I think it's a show, it realizes it. And so it has fun with that as well. Um the show starts um, with the arrival of new precinct captain Raymond Holt, whose strict no-nonsense and highly cerebral style initially clashes with the improvisational fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants approach to law enforcement taken by the precinct's, precinct's diehard-obsessed star detective, Jake Peralta, who's played by Andy Sandberg, who can act and is really, really good. Like, honestly, I remember when it was like, Andy Samberg's going to get a TV show. I was like, why do we need this? Mm -hmm. Whatever. It's going to be garbage. And now I'm like, Andy Samberg, you're adorable and I love you because of this show. And he's dating Joanna Newsom. Who is beautiful and a very talented songwriter. And she sounds like she's the little girl coming out of the well. We're working on it. <laughs> in the ring, in her song. She's just coming for you. There's a little bit of a, she, disparate, you know, a, a difference of opinion about Joanna Newsom in the Crossfire Appeal household. because she writes beautiful songs. She seems like a lovely person. She's a very oh, talented musician. She's so but good. But you know what? I bet Scrappy-Doo loves her. No. Scrappy-Doo can't get his claws in her. He's too corporate. <laughs> He's too corporate. She's a free spirit. <laughs> 
Well, go to her concerts and cry and cry. Yep. She's so good. Um, anywho, I think it's hilarious that she's dating Andy Sandberg. I know, right? Somewhat, <laughs> someone recently pointed out to me that um, Maya Rudolph and Paul Thomas Anderson were married. Yeah. I had no oh, yeah. idea. I bet they double date. Right, because then I think the article was also like, "Wow, look at look at that! Look at these weird couples! Look at these weird couples that like work." The headline was just, "What do they talk about?" (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) And then it was just a list of like, "How scary octopi are?" (laughs) Question mark. Very specific topics. Yeah, like, (laughs) did you burn the macaroni? (laughs) (laughs) Um, what what was that thing that? Um, uh-huh. just passed over my face. Uh-huh. Oh, oh yeah. No, oh, that's yeah. A, that's a big topic here in our household. <laughs> Is it? Well, you, you're always asking me. Well, I was thinking like, you know, like if it's like at night and you're like, oh my God, was that my hair? Or was that a bug? Oh, well, I mean, that is a topic of conversation yeah. in our household. Yeah. Since... Y- since the incident. Since the incident. <laughs> Do we talk about the incident? I don't know if we I talk can. about the incident. It's your birthday episode. You can talk about whatever you want. It's real gross, guys. I'm going to give you, like, this is a trigger warning for real gross things. Yeah. So just, like, take 10 seconds and, like, fast forward. It's not that gross. It's real gross. You're right. You're right. I didn't experience it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right? I just helped. What were you doing diminishing my gross story? Not, go on. Continue. They've so, had, they've, they've so had their start time. now. And fast forward. Okay, so you're here. You want to hear it. <laughs> You're locked in now. You're locked in. I was. I went to bed once, and I noticed that there was a moth on the ceiling, and I was like, oh, that's way up there. I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. I, you I, weren't even like, what passed in front of my face? Because it wasn't no, near your face. it wasn't near my face. I, I, we turned out the light. I, I went to bed. I, I turned on my side, and then I feel something go into my ear. It was a moth. And it it died be, inside me. Well, but not for a long time. Not though. for like an hour. Yeah. Whatever this moth's plan was, it did not come oh, to fruition. Also, we found out from Mass General's um, Mass Ioneer's emergency room, mm-hmm. this happens a lot. <laughs> the nurse was like, this is not the first time I've seen this. Yeah. So ruminate on that, listeners. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway, tell us about Brooklyn Nine-Nine's characters. <laughs> um, well, oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I said it wasn't that gross of a story to tell. And then you're like, oh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, thank I you. take it all back. Yep. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Annie. <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> well... Like other shows in the Michael Scherniverse, which is what I call it, um, and, you know, good, uh, The Good Place, Parks and Recreation, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, its strength really lies in its sense of camaraderie, uh, the development and compassion that the show has for all of its characters, and the amazing non-sequiturs and pop culture jokes that pepper all of its writing. Um, I think Michael Scher definitely has a style, and it varies a little bit based on who his co-writers are for each show and who his collaborators yeah. are, but there's a baseline empathy to all of his oh, work. Oh, totally. Um, and randomness that I just find it's it's my crack. It's delightful. Um, but if the strength is the characters, then we should talk about who the characters are. So we got Jake Peralta, played by Andy Sandberg, the loose cannon of the office, who is talented, but is in need of a good mentor to control him. There's Captain... Oh, 
And I feel like um, Jake Peralta is also a character who, played by many other people, would come across as just obnoxious. Yeah. But um, Andy Samberg plays Jake with a lot of heart and warmth. And he, as a character, loves his co-workers. Yeah. And wants everyone to do better. But he's just very showboaty, too. And, and he loves his job. Yeah. I think he loves enforcing. I feel like on another show... Peralta would be a slacker. Yeah. But in this show, he's the he's the best detective on the force. Yeah. Because he just, just loves a jerk it. About it. Well, and, and he just like, yeah, he wants to be your little show buddy. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's a Gryffindor. He's got style. Yeah. Um, he is balanced by Captain Raymond Holt, played by Andre Brar, uh, a character oh, who exists damn. primarily so that the writers can find ways to make amazing, serious, deadpan actor Andre Brar deliver increasingly ridiculous line readings. And, like- and hold dogs. Yes, I feel like especially in later seasons, they must have some kind of pool going in the writer's room about what the stupidest phrase they can get Holt to say Yeah, is. just straight face. Because he commits, like Andre Brower will deliver whatever the, the line is and will nail it. It's always great. Um, there's Detective Amy Santiago, played by oh. Melissa Fumero. Um, I just love all these people. Speaking of cinnamon rolls. Uh, Peralta's friendly rival and maybe more question mark, question mark, on the force, uh, who desperately seeks the approval and mentorship of Captain Holt. There's Detective Rosa Diaz, played by Stephanie Beatriz. uh, Beatriz? Beatriz? Excuse me. Beatriz? Um, Yeah, the the unflappable, take no bullcrap from anyone badass of the precinct, um, who also has a very tasteful apartment. Um, And also, I feel like Stephanie Diaz, like, she is an actual actor. But she is so Rosa Diaz that, like, I find it very hard to see her outside of character because I so fully commit to Rosa Diaz. Oh, yeah. And she's such a joyful person in interviews. Oh, it's amazing. Rosa has the best deadpan in the world. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Um, She is somebody who I feel like from episode one, both of us were like, oh, my gosh, who is this person? Yeah. She's Um, just perfect timing, delivery. mm -hmm. I love her. Yeah. Uh, There's Detective Charles Boyle, played by Joe uh, Joe Latrulio, a finicky and foodie detective who is best friends with Jake and a totally loyal weirdo. Yeah. Uh, There's Detective Terry or Terrence Terry Torrance played by Terry Crews uh, who's our best friend by extension because we have a friend who was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and so got to hang out with Terry Crews and like this was a few years ago like so I remember seeing our friend on TV for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and being real excited and then only like today when they were posting like you know Facebook flashback Mm -hmm. that I was like wait a minute that's our friend with Terry Crews yeah like it's amazing. It's, so it's I assume so now that Spatz is basically like living his own spinoff life uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, and absolutely. every so often he, get, he gets brought in as oh, a yeah. special guest character. Yeah. I mean, and... <laughs> so <laughs> just <laughs> canon for my friends. There it is. Um, but yeah, I think Terry as a character exists mostly to show off just how ridiculously, absurdly multi-talented Terry Crews is. He's amazing. Yeah. Also, he loves yogurt. Who doesn't? And he eats um, Siki's yogurt. Mm, yes, is, that's right. He yeah, does. Yeah. The best of yogurt. Um, there's also Hitchcock and Scully, played by Dirk Blocker and Joel McKinnon Miller. Uh, they are two older and much lazier detectives on the force who continue the long line of side characters on Michael Schur's shows um, who are gradually insinuated into the main plot dynamics of the show. Um, I feel like it's every show that he's done. There's usually some people floating around on the sidelines that you know are going to become a thing later on. Yeah. But they take their time to set up. Um, there's Gina Linetti, played by Chelsea Peretti. 
no naming fun, um, who is the office secretary who over the course of the show gradually becomes more and more involved in the actual police work being done to the point where she's going on like drug raids and stuff just because she's fun to have around. Yeah, right. And yeah. and like, I feel like it, the show ends up commenting on this a little, but like it, it eventually gets to the point where it's like, it doesn't even there? bother. Yeah, it's like, it no, there's really no other police officers yeah. Even though there are always police officers wandering around. Yeah, exactly. Nobody else actually does any work. Um, and there's so many more characters. Um, just like Pawnee, Indiana, and Scranton, Pennsylvania, the 9-9 is full of ridiculous and delightful side characters who sort of come and go and weave their ways in. Um, personal favorites for me uh, are Detective Pimento, played by Jason Manzukis. Um, there's Holt's husband, Kevin, played by Mark Evan Jackson. Uh, there's Holt's pet, Corgi, Cheddar. Cheddar is the true star of mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Seriously. And the many, many, many members of the Boyle family. Um, most of the side characters are played by favorites of Michael Schur's, like J.C. Matsukas. Oh, yeah. And I mean, Evan, and Mark, Mark Evan Jackson is in everything, and he's so good. Yeah, like, he's on um, The Good Place now, yes. and like has one of the greatest yeah. moments in recent television oh, history. Oh, it's all so good. Um, but yeah, so... Oh, my God. And also it's Jason Manzikas, yeah. actually. Oh, yeah. Speaking of exactly. Having, yeah, they they pop them. up all over. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I think it is... Uh, they build out the world so nicely, as they do in all of these shows. Um, so themes and fun stuff. Uh, the big fun part is the fun of any good sitcom. It's a group of people who you really want to spend time with on a weekly basis and whose happiness you gradually become more and more invested in. Um, you know, the world develops its own rules as it goes on. They develop traditions. Um, the Halloween episodes on Brooklyn Nine-Nine are always a blast because they're a big competition to try to um, outsmart one another. And so they're always themed episodes that have still at the fifth season figured out new and fun ways to put a twist on the formula. Um, there is, it's also a very diverse ensemble uh, in terms of race, gender, and character sexuality. I'm not sure about performer sexuality, but um, they uh, have Captain Holt um, as a black gay man at the head and of they, the police and department. And they actively talk about that too. Exactly. And like Holt will mention like being a black gay man in the police force in the 70s when mm-hmm. things were like real not good. Exactly. Um, and yeah, the <laughs> cast as a whole is very diverse. Um, they even sort of work in issues and conversations and sort of show a willingness to course correct as well. I think in season one, um, Boyle is sort of has a very kind of stalkery vibe with Rosa. Like he's very obsessed with her. And I think um, the show just kind of realized that was creepy and, and fixed it. It didn't make a huge deal out of it. It just kind of like put next that plot line um, while still dealing with it. Like, they had him get over it. It wasn't like they yeah. just stopped talking about it. But, but it's like, he's getting over it. It's not like they're going to become a couple now. Exactly. Which a lot of other shows would have done. Yeah. And I think uh, even as conversations around sexuality and gender identity have expanded over the time that the show has been on the air, we now have Rosa coming out as a bisexual character. Yeah. And, like, they, it's a show that I think is very keenly interested in um, representation and in sort of lightly sprinkling in conversations around identity politics and police work especially yeah. and the way that the police are seen and relate to various communities yeah. in America. It never I mean they're never going to do a very special episode, but they try fairly earnestly to at least touch on it when appropriate. Yeah, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um because again, this is not like the wire about exactly. like how the police deal with like the drug trade it's like they're not trying to examine the system yeah but i like that they're able to bring in things like what the prison system is like Mm -hmm. and um how police handle 
um, arresting people of color. Yeah. Um, yeah, the prison episodes are actually fascinating because yeah. they have episodes where a couple of them are sent, are mistakenly sent to prison and they really just have char- have like the warden character come out and say like, boy, isn't this a terrible thing? And like they really like highlight while also making a joke out of it. Um, yeah, so it's like they're it's like walking no, a very delicate yeah. tightrope. But uh, but yeah, I think they do it very earnestly and very sort of open heartedly and open mindedly. Um, and then there's the baseline philosophy of teamwork, as always, making the dream yeah. work. Um, nobody on the nine nine, even the self described loners, uh, are able to be at their best without everyone around them. And they all realize that pretty early on. So nine yeah. um, nine becomes a rallying cry for all of them pretty soon. Right on. Yeah. Nine, nine. Nine, nine. Um, so, hey, I think that's the biggest thematic crossover. Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously. These are, these are a ragtag group of lo- lovable muffins. Exactly. Going and, out and saving the world. Yeah, together. Yeah, fighting crime, natural or super natural. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, you know, there's not, I mean, there are um, other little things beyond that. Like mentorship. Yeah. Um, family. Yeah. Family dynamics. Yeah, how, um, how we kind of um, become become ourselves and grow into our own yeah, who we're adults. meant to be yeah mm-hmm. um and i mean also the the shades of good versus evil um yeah. and what it means to be on the side of good um i think again that's something that that jake ends up kind of considering a lot as that's the true. show goes on yeah um, what it takes to be what it means to be a good officer yeah mm-hmm. and yeah i think that there are antagonists who are on the police department and there are yeah. antagonists who are crime bosses yeah. but there's not it's not just you know police versus everybody right um and in the same vein um the the watchers council on buffy not so great yeah. not so good people um um, I think the thankless work of actually trying to serve your community. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, a if lot you're on... good at it, nobody really is happy with you. Yeah, it's it's or kinda... is aware. Yeah, it's like you should you, everything should you're just keeping the status quo and everything should be effortless mm-hmm. and like no one actually sees the good work you're doing. Right. Because like you should be stopping all the bad stuff before it becomes bad. Right. Because it's not about you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think these have a lot to talk about. They totally which do. Which they can do when they actually cross over. Yeah. So Brooklyn Nine Nine is geographically limited to the 99th precinct of yes. Brooklyn. Not that that hasn't stopped them from taking road trips occasionally. Oh, true. But I think primarily. I think Buffy's going to be taking a road trip. Yeah, I think. And you know, what is gentrification but the greatest hellmouth of them all? That is so true. You know, I think uh, I, I think that this is not... Much like vampires are drawn to a hellmouth, hipsters are drawn to mm-hmm. um, gentrifying neighborhoods. And look at, I mean, look at hipsters. Keep late hours. Yeah. They wear weird clothes. They wear clothes, old-timey clothing. Pale. Yeah. You know, uh, they... sort of going for an ageless vibe. Yeah. Bitey. Bitey, so bitey. Yeah. Nothing but blood all the time. Um, vicious and yeah. mean. Yeah. And Inter- well, cool. I mean, interesting food habits. Yeah. Reveling in the, the sadness of others. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, hipsters. Weird names. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is like, I don't, I I think that it is not that there has always been a hell mouth under the 99th yeah. precinct. I think this is a new thing, like, that is opening up. Okay. You know, and, yeah, and, and maybe like crimes are getting weirder. Yeah, yeah, and they're There's, starting to notice like some some stuff is happening, mm-hmm. and they don't 
they don't exactly know what's going on. Yeah. And Jake is like, I, I can't understand. Like he's trying to solve the crimes. Yeah. And like, it doesn't make sense if it's like, he's like, no, this does not make sense. There's something strange in his neighborhood. There's something weird. It don't look good. No. He doesn't have anybody to call though. No. Because this is the real world. Yeah. Right. (laughs) What are you going to call an organization that actually helps you fight these things? No, this is the underworld. Once the Scoobies show up and an awareness of the supernatural is given to the department, I do see there being nonstop Ghostbuster jokes oh, from totally. Peralta and company. Yeah. I think just like that's that becomes the running gag for Peralta through the entire ordeal is he yeah. will he's not like, stop making Ghostbusters jokes. He's like, you guys are real life Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And yeah. they're like, we're the Scoobies. And yeah. he's like, Scooby-Doo now. Yeah. And they're like, and don't also, say that name. We'll get sued. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's always <laughs> he's listening. He's always lurking. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that like he just... Like keeps asking where Slimer is. Yeah, and, and they're like, like then Hitchcock and Scully are like, "Hey, that's me." I know. I just wrote a joke for you, Michael Sure. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's your spec script. Yeah, makes sense. And that one in. Yep, absolutely. Gonna get hired tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the how of this one ports over pretty easily. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. Like Hellmouth is opening up underneath Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Buffy's got to stop it. Yeah. Nine Nine's got to help her. Right. Giles and Captain Holt get together and decide that they've got to make oh, this happen. Oh, they're so nerdy. I know. I, I love know. it. I think Giles ends up crashing at Captain Holt and Kevin's house. I think I feel like maybe I want to say like maybe Giles and like Kevin know each other. Oh yeah, they run in the same circles. Yeah. Yes. Because I can't absolutely. remember what what Kevin does as a job. I think he's, he's yeah. I can't remember either. But he I, does I, some I feel, training overseas. Yeah. But like, is he? Is he I feel art like, related? I feel like they both wrote into the New Yorker to complain about the same editorial cartoon. Yeah, right. Like it's something like that. But I, I also feel like maybe it could be like some kind of like for some reason I want to say that Kevin is in like museum work or something. Yeah, he, I think he may be not an academic of some kind. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. And I feel like they would have met each other at like a conference. Yes. Because Giles would be like, I have to go talk about research things. Mm-hmm. And Kevin would be like, I have very specific thoughts about research, research things. things. So do they like each other or not like each other? This is already moving into the games, but I think this yes. is going to be a lot of this crossover. Oh, totally. It's mostly games. Yeah. Um. So I think that... Giles would be like, "Oh yes, this is my friend Kevin. Yes, mm-hmm. of course we like each other." But then it would, it would, they would be like very like intense rivalry, intense rivalry. Yeah, yes. or at least they would like nitpick, and then it would be mm-hmm. like intense rivalry. And I think Giles has an easier time talking to Holt, yeah, because it's about like action and peace. Yes. Like he gets the action side of it, yes. And Kevin is like is like angry, like like not like it's not a jealousy thing, but I think it's just like Kevin is like, "Why are we spending so much time with this person?" Yes. <laughs> um, does yeah. Kevin know? That there's magic going on? Probably not. Yeah, so maybe that's so the thing. So he's even more angry. Yeah, because yeah. he doesn't get why. No. Giles is suddenly hanging out with his husband. Exactly. He's very suspicious. And Giles is like, no, I'm definitely straight. And yeah. Kevin is like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, sure. Sure. No one in this field is straight. No. <laughs> also, look at my husband. He's beautiful. Exactly. What, are you not going to fall for Andre Brar? Oh, and Giles is just petting Cheddar the whole time. <gasps> Cheddar, <laughs> the real star. Exactly. Um, okay, so that's obviously one. Yeah. Um, all right. So Jake, Jake and Buffy. I mean, let's we can go one to one as far as like proximal yeah, positions on the team. But... I am gonna say Buffy and um, Rosie Diaz. Oh yeah, that's so easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like they're real tough ladies. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna break out their weapons. Yeah, they start comparing it, knives. Yeah, exactly. As soon as they sit oh, down. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, Okay, where's the best place to stab Rosa would be like, I need to know the best place to stab a demon. Yeah. She would get real deep into the yeah. demon hunting. Like, what's the best material? I can get that. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. She would be like, I am ready to fight. Yeah, she and Buffy would be like breaking all of that down. Oh, totally. I think Xander and Jake would probably hang out a lot. Oh, totally. And I think um uh, Charles as well. Charles mm-hmm. Boyle. I feel like Xander <laughs> yeah. is the, the Boyle of the right. Buffy world. He basically is. Yeah, I think so. Supportive, normal dude friend. Mm-hmm. Just sort of hanging out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Charles is cooking for all of them. But yeah, like, I think Jake and Xander and, and Boyle would like... Yeah, they'd have a theme song night. for yeah. themselves. Yeah, it would be really cool. Um, I mean, Willow and Amy. They're absolutely. both very organized, very mm-hmm. smart. Yeah, type A. Yep. Um, yeah, I think Willow might help chill Amy out a little bit. Yeah. But I think that that would be a very good pairing. Um, yeah. So, um, Willow obviously is gay. Sure. Um, Rosa's bi. True. Is that, like, I don't know if they would match up as well personality-wise, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely not Willow's type if we go off of Tara. No. Like, they're very different people. Yeah. But... I don't know. I mean, maybe they have a fling. Yeah, right? Winks. Winks all around. Yeah. Winks for all. <laughs> Winks across the ice. Winks across. <laughs> oh, man. Harkening back. Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that that that, that definitely is a, could be a kiss your faces. I don't um, think they're going to get married or anything. No, but like, I wanna, you know what? Who's, yeah, I love you, ladies. Who's Terry hanging out with or fighting or something. Oh, man. Um, Terry needs a home in this crossover world. Yeah. Okay. Like, what's Terry's job? I want to say... Go for it. Substitute teacher. I haven't thought this through. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but he's a cop. <laughs> I don't know. I just... So was kindergarten cop. And he did uh-huh. fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, so... I just feel like Terry needs to wind up in charge of a lot of high schoolers and hating it. Well, so I think it depends on when when this Buffy crossover is Oh, happening. yeah, that's true. Um, They're probably a little older. Yeah, like especially if we're going to say like the whole show has happened. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, you're right. Especially if Willow's going to hook up with Rosa. They should be out of high school. Yeah, right. They should at least be like in college. A, in out of college. college. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. They would be almost out of college. Yeah, I'm point. convinced. Yeah. Um, so... I'm going to say, I feel like Terry and Angel have a good vibe. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> They're both very serious. Yeah. They're like big guys. They would probably be like maybe a little competitive. A little bit competitive. Yeah. I think I think they would initially hang out. I feel like Terry would get very tired of Angel very quickly. Well, I think no, Angel is, um, especially you get having he's moved to LA. He's just so broody. But he gets, I think he gets less broody. Okay. I think he's much more like, we're going to solve, we're going to solve crimes. Yeah. We're going to, like. He's just such a nerd. Yeah. I'm just trying to think, like. Um. Well, because, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like, I there's don't not, think, like, a great proxy. I feel, I mean, Riley. Wow, wow. No. Yeah, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you, Terry. <laughs> Spike? Spike Spike is a real loose cannon. Yeah, that's true. 
Terry would not enjoy Spike. No, I think, but that's why I think Angel because Angel, like, he has moved to LA. He has, he's a private, he's a PI. Yeah, that's true. I feel like, um, yeah, they would, they would get along. Maybe I bet, um, Jason Mansukis, um, what's his name? Care what's Pimento? the character? Uh, yeah. To, uh, Pimento. Pimento would know Angel. Oh, absolutely. And he would they be would be like, yeah, right. He'd Angel be like, would've... he's a real. I feel like he would also know that Angel was a vampire without knowing that he was a vampire. He'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's like undead. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't go out during the daytime. He drinks blood. Yeah. Like, he's a vampire. He knows he's all a these total things. Vampire. But like, he wouldn't have put it together exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, he would not realize it. Be like, man, he I just, just thought like, that's yeah, what he right. did. Just, I thought that was his thing. He was LA. Yeah, Everybody right. was doing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's so many good pairings in I this. I know, right? Oh, all the people. Um, I feel like I want to pair Anya up with someone too. Oh my god, Anya and um Gina. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like make, making real snide comments yeah, just about being people. really snarky over yeah. on the side. Absolutely. Oh, Gina. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm liking all of this. Yeah. I think those yeah, are. Yeah, there's all no of our... real like reaches that I can think of. Like, because everybody, I mean, I feel like there are many of the group dynamics that are the same in both shows. Yeah, you've got so, almost kind of archetypes. Yeah, so you're pairing up and it's a little bit of mix and match, but I think it would just be fun to watch. I mean, I mostly just want this to happen. Yeah, because I would like all my favorite people in a room together. Right. I feel like as opposed to a fully fleshed out universe, I'm just, we're just developing an elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, let's, maybe let's talk about the plot a little more. Yeah, okay. Because I think that's helpful. Sure. Um, so... Oh, yeah, like there's um, Hellmouth in, under uh-huh. Brooklyn. But something's got to open it up. Sure. So. Well, this might help us back into it. Maybe some of the Scoobies wind up there just because they've moved to Brooklyn to try to, like, be adults. Well, because, I mean, right? That's what happens. Um, I mean, yeah. Also, maybe, um, like, I mean, by the end of Buffy, Faith is kind of back into the fold. Yeah. Um. But maybe, I mean, I guess they've also heard they like by that point, like slayerness has like gone viral, right. basically. But maybe they've heard about a slayer who is again like kind of going off the rails. Oh yeah, and they have to get to Brooklyn, thinking we have to stop the slayer. Right. Um. And so yeah, so in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, they think it's a serial killer. What if one of the Brooklyn Nine Nines are is another slayer? Oh man. Rosa, I mean, I feel like that's first a real thought is Rosa. Yeah, but then it's they, like they all think it's Rosa. Yeah, but they show if, up and and it's like Gina. Yeah, what if it's Gina? Yeah, because they all and show up Gina's and they're like, like obviously oh, this woman yeah, is yeah, right. <laughs> and then Gina would be like, oh yeah, of course I kill vampires. Yeah. Like some dude was on me the other night at a club and I just like stabbed just him. stabbed him in the chest and, and he turned like out, he, then he p- turned he into poofed. dust. Yeah. It was weird, but yeah, I did it. I did it. Didn't know it was going to happen, going to happen, but it did. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Gene is a secret slayer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that they spend an inordinate amount of time thinking that Rosa is. Yeah, and I think Amy would be like, "But what if I'm a slayer?" Oh, she really wants to be. She a really slayer. wants to be a slayer. Mm-hmm. But then I think she would. She would end up working with Giles. Yes, definitely working with Giles. And I think being on the Dawn path in terms mm-hmm. of like, obviously, Amy is a much better character than Dawn. Mm-hmm. But like, as someone who um, maybe in that moment feels like, oh, you know, why don't I have this thing? Yeah. Um, finding that her, she has her own skills. And I think one thing I like in the later Dawn years is like Dawn is much more on the kind of Giles, like planning Watchery research sort of. side. Yeah. Um, and like 
being an excellent like support team member, which mm-hmm. again is so vital. Um, and Amy has so many of those skills. Yeah. Um, so she's she's definitely a fighter, and she can like handle herself. But mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, I think yeah. she like organi- reorganizes Giles' entire library, and yeah. it's more useful. Like, yes. Like he and he like helps take her on or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So so yeah, and like Hitchcock and Scully get turned into vampires. Yeah, right. But they don't do anything different. They, yeah, they're they're, just they're like we we don't really go outside during the day anyway, so yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> and then now we don't have to worry about like eating vegetables. Right. Um so yeah, like Yeah. I like that as a as a, an overarching goal. I think they're either stopping a rogue slayer or they're trying to close this hell mouth. I think maybe both. Yeah. I think some hipsters found a copy of like the Necronomicon. Yeah. And accidentally like opened up like summoned the hell mouth yeah that like you know it ties into gentrification it ties into brooklyn being you know a place it's a very bespoke artisanal hell mouth yeah they're um blood donuts aww blow nuts nope no don't google that nope 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 (laughs) (laughs) never nobody look into that please (laughs) yeah i feel good with this yeah all right, cool. I think we found some nice twists and turns. Yeah, totally. And again, I just I love all these characters. I want them yeah. to be in a room together. Just to hang out. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Annie. Um, hey, if people want to do you the further birthday gift of interfacing with some more media like what we've been talking about yes. tonight, what should, what should they do? Um, so I've got a lot of suggestions for you. Um, yes, you do. Um, if you want more Supernatural fun, that was, that was a little... I was just I was looking sarcastic. at the list and there was a whole you're a, you're lot. You're a little sarcastic. Oh, you got a lot of that. No, it was whatever the opposite of sarcastic was, I was affirming because okay. you got a lot of things I on this list. I thought you were like hmm, side eye. Oh no, okay. you just have a lot of things on. I this do. List. I love this. Is my favorite part doing the recommendations. <laughs> it's when I get to pretend to be a librarian. Yay! Yay! Um, so if you want even more supernatural fun, um, obviously Angel, even though that one never really took off for me, um, but it's already some of the characters you know and love. Um, there's uh, from the same era, Charmed, which is another WB show about three sisters who are witches and fight evil. Real fun. Um, there's Doctor Who and Torchwood um, for the Monster of the Week plus Big Bad Space Adventures with lots of feels. Which is a good combo. Oh, yeah, Totally. Um, and we have previously talked about one of the doctors on this show. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had so many doctors waiting in store. I know, right? And Torchwood. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, get in on that before we do those episodes. Um, there's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter for more buck-kicking ladies and sci-fi fun. Um, and Ag- Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has that, like, team vibe. Yeah, it's very – I think it, it, it feels very Scooby-ish sometimes. Yeah. Oh, Totally. I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually feels like what if Buffy and Brooklyn Nine-Nine were merged. Yeah, and I guess it is Joss Whedon's brother. So. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it and, has... um, and, you know, the Avengers-y. Yeah, so it shares the go. DNA. Yep. Um, there's Sailor Moon, which I actually watched at the same time as Buffy, so it's definitely in that aesthetic. Teen girl with su- secret superpowers who fights monsters and has a team of supernatural friends who yeah, help her. That checks the boxes. Yeah, that's that was my big box in middle school. I love that box. I still love that box. Yeah, it's a good Venn diagram to occupy. It is. Um, there's the Lunar Chronicles, which is a sci-fi take on classic fairy tales. Um, and honestly, the thing that I think would have appealed most to Buffy loving teen Annie. Um, it's a, it's a series of books, I should say it's not a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super fun and has some real quippy dialogue as well. Um, I like binged it recently. It's great. 
uh, the Tiffany Aching books, which aren't quite as like punchy as Buffy, but also goes into issues of female power and superpower and how we fight the darkness. Yeah, there. it feels like it's like a little more British of a Buffy. Yeah, it's like if Terry Pratchett wrote Buffy. Yeah. Which, you know, it's essentially Pratchett. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's The Coldest Girl in Cold Town by Holly Black um, about a teen girl who is who has to venture into a restricted vampire town in an effort to save herself from turning. Um, there's the story of Owen, Dragon Slayer Trondheim, about a boy who's training to be a dra- dragon slayer and a girl who's training to be a bard. Also has really fun, quippy writing. And that one is set in like present day. That is also, yeah. These are also, I mean, I guess Tiffany Aching isn't really contemporary, but these are mostly contemporary yeah. settings. And uh, the story of Owen is contemporary Canada. So you get your good Canadian feels yeah. as well. Um, there's the Daughter of Bogan, Smoke and Bone series about a demon and an angel who fall in love. Uh, this would have been huge for Buffy Angel OTP Annie back in the day. <laughs> for real. Like, yeah. Other people are like, oh, Buffy Angel. And I'm like, at 13, this was peak romance. That's what you want. It's what I wanted. Um, for non-supernatural fun, there's Veronica Mars about a teen detective starring Kristen Bell with a very Buffy-ish vibe. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm going to throw uh, Mad Max Fury Road on there as well. Because if you like Buffy, I guarantee you're going to like Furiosa. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yep. Also, we should just recommend that for everything. I know, right? Like, I don't want to watch or read or consume some kind of media that could not be connected to Mad Max Fury yeah. Road. Otherwise, why would you waste your time? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, there's, of course, the other Michael Schur shows, the Michael Schur-niverse. I'm, I'm calling it that. It'll yeah. catch on someday. Um, there's The Office, Parks and Recreation, and The Good Place. Um, I really feel like Brooklyn Nine-Nine sort of operate, operates in the midpoint between Parks and Rec and The Good Place. Like, it's, it's slightly more... It has all the municipality and, like world build or, or, or sort of solid grounded world building of the, of parks and rec but a little more surreality to it um maybe that's not true maybe parks and rec is know. between brooklyn 99 and good place um i don't I know. know i'll chart it out because they're they're related i, I actually feel like brooklyn 99 and parks and rec are pretty similar yeah they're pretty close yeah and then the good place is just amazing it's so good Ugh. i think it's because brooklyn 99 has cast members from that's probably true. The good, although I guess Jason so does, Mendoza. So Parks and Rec, yeah. Well, was yeah. Kevin on? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I think he was one of the public radio people. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I he is in. I think he has been in everything Michael Schur has done. He's um, fantastic. He's so good. Um, there's New Girl. Um, they already did a crossover episode with New Girl and Brooklyn Nine Nine, so they've kind of done our job for Although, us. Although, frankly, they could have done way more. Oh yeah, they both like, had brief was, little scenes. Yeah, I think um, I would have loved like a real hard crossover. Yeah, they didn't really push it, but it was still fun. Oh, it's so and, fun! I love. And all they characters. have sensibilities that I feel like mesh up. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I could see Winston actually being a, a cop, cop at, at the Brooklyn. Yeah, Nine-Nine. with yeah. um. Uh, his fiance, what's her name? Who's oh, adorable? Yeah, we haven't watched it in so long. I know, right? But she's fa- it, it's not Amy. No, she's so good. Anyway, yeah. um, The Simpsons. Uh, sure, it's a funny show, just like The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the attention to character and the building out of side characters and zaniness. Um, there's Jane the Virgin, which I feel like has a similarly playful sensibility. Yeah, definitely. To um, um, and also, I mean, I think Jane the Virgin has more. In terms of like focused diversity, because mm-hmm. um, a lot of it does have to deal with being a like a Latina family, right? And that experience, yeah. But like, I like that it's also it's not like 
just a bunch of white yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. It's not just a bunch of white people. And it's also not like we're doing a show that is supposed to be about the Latino experience. It's right. like she gets pregnant and also she wants to be a writer and she's getting married. Yeah. Like it's a lot of she's stuff. She's living around her there. whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also Scrubs and Community. And honestly, like any well made and slightly quirky sitcom from the last 10 years could fit the bill because I feel like Brooklyn Nine Nine really at its heart is just an incredibly well made example of the form yeah. of the sitcom. It's real good. Um, you know, it's really, it's just a pretty great encapsulation of why, how sitcoms can be great. Um, I think because of that, there really aren't a lot of movies or books that I would recommend yeah. in its place because it's so it's, specifically television. Yeah. Like it's that kind of thing where it is exactly in the medium it needs to be. Um, with that said, also Die Hard because Jake Peralta is obsessed with Die Hard. That's and true. Seeing Die Hard will inform your experience of Jake Peralta's journey. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I am glad that I saw Die Hard for the Jake Peralta. Yay! I did it. Um. Yeah, and also um, for what's his name? Bruce Willis. No. Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. There it is. That's the one. <laughs> well, Annie. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Here's a crossover. Happy birthday to Yay. you. We did it. We did. Um, we gave you the greatest gift of all. Yeah. Fan fiction. Well, I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Tell me that's not the priceless gift that Yay. that all those De Beers commercials should be featuring. <laughs> <laughs> you guys listening? Yeah. Stop showing those creepy ads with guys about to strangle their wives. <laughs> yeah, right. And send any fan fiction instead. Just like instead of those creepy ads about dudes trying to strangle their wives, that's like that's like you're already writing like a Twilight fanfic. Yeah, that's true. It's fan fiction for something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Annie, if people want to find other fan fictions for other things, uh, where can they find out? They can find all of the um, the show notes and other Crossover Appeal content at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Um, you can email Annie fanfiction for her birthday. You could. At crossoverappealpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. And um, we will rave about it on the show. Yeah, but you know, it better, like, I'm not going to rave about your show, your fanfic that is bashing stuff I like. It's got to be, it's got to be loving fanfic, loving fanfic, but not too loving. Well, depends on what the rating is. (laughs) It's true. Winks. Just give us fair warning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you want to talk about um, rating your fanfics. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Um, check us out on our Facebook page, um, Crossover Appeal Podcast. Um, you can tweet birthday wishes and links to rated fan fiction at Crossover you Appeal. You can tweet gifts of cheddar or other corgis at That's me. That's the best there birthday gift of all. Yes, along with fanfic. Tweet gifts of corgi. Uh, <laughs> gifts of corgi. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird band name. Yeah. No, that's my band. <laughs> that's true. That, no, that's your brand. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tweet us at Crossover Appeal. Um, and most importantly, um, you can subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave us a rating or review because we sure do love that. And mm-hmm. that is truly the, the birthday gift. gift of all. Yeah. <laughs> We all are waiting for. Yay. Uh, Everybody, thank you so much for joining us for Crossover Appeal. We'll be back in two weeks with another mind-bending mystery of combination. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to figure out a tag. Yep. It's going to happen. We already have a tag. (coughs) That's fair. Yep. I guess we should get to it, shouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming across. Thank you for listening to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always... Please ship responsibly. Yeah, that's good.